You're listening to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast, where we want to inspire parents to make faith in Jesus the priority of their families. It's good to have you listening in. My name is Todd Lesher. I'm your host. Today, we're with Scott Carpenter, a good friend of the podcast, and we're going to be discussing engaging current issues from a Christian point of view with your kids. So, Scott, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah. I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you a little bit about families, parenting, and about our culture. Can't wait. Well, why don't you take a moment to introduce or reintroduce yourself to All our right. listeners? Sure. I'm Scott Carpenter, and I have a beautiful wife named Joy. We've been married 26 years. Two kids by way of adoption, Lauren, who's an adult out of the house, son Ryan, who's a senior in high school, and by the way, passed his driving exam today. Way to go, Ryan. So he is legal. Excellent. Maybe just pause for prayer there. Oh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Everybody say a prayer for Ryan. Yeah. And I also work here at Forestal Church as a counselor and mm-hmm. staff pastor. Nice. And we are so grateful for mm-hmm. the work that you do. Very encouraged by it. Well, what I would love for you to do in continuation of our introduction here is I'm just fascinated by people's stories, how God brought them to a place and the journey he took them on to get there. So I'd love for you to share a little bit about your ministry calling with our listeners. And then part two of the question is why you value Christian therapy and counseling. Okay. So that's a a lengthy response. Uh, So I'll abbreviate it a little bit. Um, As a high school senior, I thought I was going to be a medical doctor. Mm -hmm. So I started out that path, always feeling called to serve people in some capacity, Ended up that I entered the counseling world, and that became a love in my life. But it it had to have a pause in the middle uh, because God called me to ministry. Mm -hmm. I've been a youth pastor for about uh, 14 years, senior pastor. God bless a youth pastor, man. (laughs) They're the best. That's right. (laughs) Molding great leaders, right? Senior pastor for seven, and I've been doing this for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And this feels like the right fit. Mm. But I had to grow mature, developed to be able to do the calling that I have currently. Um, Really feel blessed to be able to sit in what I call sacred spaces, holy ground. Um, When you preach a message, whether to teens or to adults, it's kind of a broad broad spray, Mm -hmm. and you just kind of have to pray the Holy Spirit moves. In intimate spaces like counseling, you have a one-on-one experience. You actually get to see what God's doing in people's lives. Um, And really, honestly, it's like being able to see someone who may be stuck uh, or wrestling with certain topics in their life, see that move in a place of freedom mm-hmm. and renewal. Yeah. And it's an exciting place to be. Yeah, I love that. Well, you bring a unique point of view to our conversation today because you've worked with teenagers, adolescents, mm-hmm. you've worked with adults as a senior pastor, mm-hmm. uh, and you've been a counselor for a number of years, and you're a parent. So you have a pretty expansive view on our topic today that I'd love you to speak into and provide some guidance. We're not going to be able to answer every question that's out there, but there are some pretty significant or consistent currents or trends in our culture, cultural issues, that I would love for you to help parents start thinking through a Christian viewpoint to begin with, but how to have those conversations with their kids in a proactive, intentional, and current way themselves. So with that set up, let's start with what is a Christian viewpoint in the first place? Okay, great question. 
I think um, I'm just going to be very simple and say that a Christian point of view is that point of view that starts with an intimate relationship with Christ. Yeah. It has to start with you personally. Um, it's experiencing the presence of God, uh, knowing that whatever you do, whether in word or deed, you do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him, Colossians 3, 17. Mm-hmm. It's a point of view that the Holy Spirit dwells in me, and therefore how I see everything is transformed by his presence in my life. Mm. That's what I would define as a kind of that perspective of yeah. a Christian point of view. Yeah, that's good. So this next question is, a little complex, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm trying. I know I'm trying to work with kind of two questions within one. I, I don't know. It's a bad habit of mine. I just ask questions within questions within questions. It's like inception questions. So, <laughs> so, what other points of view are out there that compete with mm-hmm. or appear like Christian points of view that we as parents need to recognize that are out there and right. kind of current? Yeah, and that is a loaded question. Mm-hmm. I, I think if you'll allow me just to kind of take a wide view lens yeah, of, the, of the question, as there's a lot of environmental influences that uh, impact our family. Um, there's the educational world, there's the peer world, uh, and then there's the entertainment world, just mm-hmm. to mention a few. Yep. Um, and basically those all influence our kids because they spend time in those worlds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, without a doubt, we want our Christian point of view. We want our kids to understand that, and our home is a great place. But a lot of the hours spent in a child's life are in one of those three things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we need to be cautious about yeah. those views. Um, there was a politician who said, uh, quote, it takes a village to raise a child. Mm-hmm. And that kind of scares me a little bit because sometimes when I look at our world, the village is crazy. Yeah. And so (laughs) if it's true of a Christian community that helps raise a child, I'm all for it. And that's what the church really stands in the gap for. Mm -hmm. But we need to be cautious about what is influencing our kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, Raise your perception. Um, Yeah. Look look at what is before you. Um, The other thing that I, I need to say is the Ephesians 6, 12 verse where our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Mm. Spiritual warfare is real. Right. And we have to realize that in our home, the one thing the devil would love to do is divide it. Yeah. And so we are always under attack. Mm-hmm. So along with those environmental influences, we also have to realize that there, there is a true spiritual warfare. Yeah. Yeah. And I appreciate you giving us the the broad spectrum because it's very easy to pick out specific examples, mm-hmm. but some of those are going to change with the times. They'll right. they'll be popular for a moment, and they'll influence, and sure. then they'll depart, and they may relieve some residual elements. But right. when you talked about those three mm-hmm. kind of channels, and then the fourth spiritual one right. in there, if we can keep those in our mindset to go, especially with our children, I love that yeah. broad spectrum of education, mm-hmm. peers, and entertainment. Those are always influencing. Right. right. Isn't it interesting, interesting too, Todd, that a lot of times when things go bad, we always look for someone to blame. Mm-hmm. And in in our world, sometimes we blame culture. Yeah. Um, it had to be, even sometimes we blame parents. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at those wide views, yep. you have to realize that, um, yeah, there is an influence out there, and we mm-hmm. always are looking for answers for why we yep. are who we are. Yep. You know, that genetic part of who we are, but right. also the environmental impact for which we live. Yeah, and yep. for the most part, those are the consistent ones yep. there. Well, how do we begin to develop a Christian point of view? And I guess we start with ourselves mm-hmm. as parents. 
Right. Um, I thought a lot about this one, and I think if I was just transparent with you as a brother, I, I think it starts on our knees. Mm-hmm. I think um, I, I would love to read uh, Ephesians chapter 3. Uh, just this morning, it was just a real r- reminder yeah, for me. please. Um, so it says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he, will, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Hmm. And, and Ephesians, by the way, is a great book for parents. Yeah. There's a lot of really practical information for us to, to learn how to raise our kids well. Yep. And these verses that I just read talks about this awareness that there is a head knowledge, but there's something deeper through hmm. the Holy Spirit. So when we talk about developing a Christian point of view, it has to start with our dependence on God, yeah. inviting the Holy Spirit, um, parents spending time bowing on our knees before the Father, praying for the Holy Spirit to move powerfully in our kids' lives. I think sometimes we get so focused on the details. You know, Johnny has a problem with a bully, mm-hmm. so we pray for Johnny and the bully. But there's something deeper that yeah. we need to ask God to uh, move in our kids to transform their hearts. And I think these verses remind us of that. Yeah. Um, it, it's prayer and, and it is Bible study on the daily. Um, Christ dwells in our hearts because he dwells in our homes, kind of an idea. Mm-hmm. Um, daily. It's not just the Sunday family, right? Yeah. If, if church and Christ and the Bible is just simply a Sunday activity, our kids will treat Christ like a mm-hmm. Sunday activity. But if we're daily spending time with the Lord, we're daily aware of him, we're praying together, we're reading the Bible together, that's kind of an understood, like, this is our family's culture. Yeah. Um, the uh, verse that we love to quote in Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way he or she should go. And there's a lot of debate whether that's like his gifts as a as young mm-hmm. man or whether it's truly like his character. Yeah. But the dynamic of that is it's not just something that you give a child, it's something you live with your child that our lives can be with them as yep. we together grow and understand who God is. Mm. Yeah. I had a thought there. Sure. And when you were talking about starting with prayer, mm-hmm. because it's so easy to jump right to the practical. What do I do? Mm-hmm. Pray. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. What else? Yeah. Start with prayer. It's the God help me see as you see. Mm. Help me see this situation, this issue, this cultural nuance, whatever it may be, from your vantage point, and then reading the scriptures to learn what that may be. So it's kind of this openness to God for that wisdom and for that direction. So to give parents somewhat of a pretty tangible nugget with that prayer, it's the prayer of God help me see, as you see. Yeah, absolutely. So that's what resonated around like, I don't really ever pray that prayer. I'm the one who says, let's pray for my kid and pray for the bully. Right. Well, help me see as you see. Right. That's really good. Thank you for that. So what I want to do now for a moment is I want to put the car in park, let it idle for a minute, and we're going to run to the convenience store. 7-Eleven is my favorite. And we're going to have a quick conversation while drinking some Slurpees. Okay? So we're going to change the topic real quick. (laughs) (laughs) So what are some tips and tricks of having conversations with our kids? And then we'll jump back into our topic. Okay. 
And I feel like that drinking the Slurpees with you is actually how we influence what we're going to talk about in just a minute. So for me, the practical is always very helpful. I love hearing the word. I love understanding the context, but I want something that I can hold in my hand to live life with God. Mm -hmm. So these are kind of some ways to live life with God and your family. So develop relationships with kids is number one on the list. If you want to have conversations that are meaningful, you have to start with conversations that are just general. Mm -hmm. If you don't Hmm. have time with your kids, then you're not going to be able to discuss the things that matter. Um, In my youth pastor days, my kid's favorite night was hot potato night. And we always (laughs) dealt with a controversial topic. And I gave it like a week ahead, and Mm. they were to kind of look in their word and bring in questions based on that topic. And so they had time to take their Bibles, search the word for answers, Mm -hmm. and then they would come prepared, ready to discuss what was going on. Why are we not doing that with our kids? Mm. Why are we not inspiring them to find answers for the problems they see on their daily? And and that happens through just general conversations. Uh, In preparing for our podcast today, I had the opportunity to sit with my son and said, just talk to me practically about this idea Mm -hmm. of how we deal with some of these harder spiritual subjects. And he says dad. I mean, I love just riding in the car with you and having a conversation. And yeah. if we're side by side, because we've invested in each other beforehand, the topics are much easier. Mm-hmm. And you can imagine me being a counselor. Some of the things I ask my son are probably <laughs> unsettling, but he, he knows me yeah. and knows that I love him. And the intent is not to stir, but to lean in, care for, mm-hmm. pray for, be there for my son. Yeah. He said, if I come to his room and I say things like, hey, we need to talk, he immediately shuts down Mm. because the conversation is more of a threat instead of an open discussion. So it's stepping away from declaration and and topic and more of a discussion about what's going on. Mm -hmm. And it's not from a space of judging or condemnation. It's a space of talking openly and freely about the word and how it applies to his life. So for me... It starts with just already having time with them. You know, we spell mm-hmm. love, T-I-M-E. Yep. Um, be aware of the power of affirming your son or daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of kids feel a lot of criticism and condemnation. So look for opportunities to affirm what they're doing well. Mm. And that will give you more space and that gratitude to be able to discuss the things that are a little harder. Yep. Um, Parents need to remind themselves that their number one priority is not to make their kids happy all the time. Yep. Amusement is not the number one priority of parents. Mm. Um, and I think we've kind of bought into this lie that because I didn't have it as a kid, I have to pay it forward now. Mm-hmm. And I think, honestly, the things our kids enjoy the most is time with us, yep. um, whether it's an activity or whether it's a walk. Um, conversations had together are always better than as you pass by. Yeah. Uh, so kind of a time-starved reality in our, in our families. Yep. Um, and just a reminder to, to my parents listening, parents need to be parents, um, not best friends. Uh, and, and this is kind of like one of those ouch ones for me because I, I want my kids to really enjoy me and love me. Yeah. And go, Man, my dad's the coolest guy on the yeah, planet. We all do. That's right. Yep. Um, but there's this dynamic biblically where we read, for example, in, in Ephesians 6 that, you know, there is this dynamic that kids are to obey their parents. Mm-hmm. And of the Ten Commandments, the fifth one is your father and mother. Yeah. So, you know, there is 
this understanding that we are the parents, that we are the ones who call the shots. We make the decisions. Right. And, and even saying that loud is kind of hard to process, but we have to be the parent. Yeah. Yeah. And then I just add this to, uh, and maybe just for further conversations, good meals together, um, good food shared, but also good conversation. I think sometimes the greatest gift for us is to sit around a table together to enjoy a meal that maybe we made together and have conversations. And maybe you need kind of a conversational starter, like, you know, good and bad of the day. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you come prepackaged with some kind of crazy uh, question, like, you know, talk about your favorite vacation or Mm -hmm. talk about what you want to do in this year since we're in January. Um, But just allow the freedom of conversation to happen naturally so it's not so overwhelming when you need to talk about the heavy stuff. Yeah, yeah. Does it make sense? Yeah, definitely. And what, what you seem to be saying in all those points is make deposits in the trust bucket. Mm-hmm. You're building up trust, building up trust mm-hmm. for these more in-depth or more intense conversations through right. all of those right. means. And it could be a Slurpee. Right. So this segment of the podcast was we brought gonna, to you by uh, Slurpee. That's right. <laughs> we can just hit pause now, Todd, and go get one. <laughs> we should. You want to do this? I yeah. have some time afterwards. Coke Slurpee sounds good. Hey, sounds great. Well, that was a great Slurpee. Let's hop back into the car. All right. <laughs> Thank you for that. That was yeah. gold. So now how does a Christian, you can say parent, but just Christian in general, mm-hmm. how does a Christian point of view engage with current issues in general? Right. I I think this is a a really great question. And I think that so many times we feel like the scriptures are kind of ancient and old and don't have any practical advice for us. But I have always believed that God's word is active and living. And so there's a dynamic of exploration that we can do together. And if we are aware of God and we lean into him and his presence, that connection allows us to understand things in a different light. The Holy Spirit makes things more evident. So he is what's given to us, which is an extraordinary gift Mm -hmm. to be able to understand current issues. Um, You know, if you can imagine us going back in time and sitting with Moses, Mm. who saw God's power lived out in pillars and, uh, and, and just amazing miracles that happened all the time, and to say to him that God dwells in us now, he would go, what? Yeah. You know, he wasn't even allowed to see the hind parts of God. Mm. Um, and there's this dynamic that we, I don't know that we are aware of or we call upon the power of being able to uh, ask God to influence us when it comes to the hard issues. Mm-hmm. Um, when we sit and we talk about things that are happening, say, at school or in our home or to aunts and uncles, uh, there is this awareness that we can immediately go to prayer. Like, how beautiful or wonderful would it be if your child came home from school and you heard him, you affirmed what he shared, and then you prayed together? Mm-hmm. That your first response is to be present and invite God to be in that area with you. Yeah. So current issues don't become something that you have to solve on your own. Yep. It becomes something where you have peace because God's with you in it. 
Yeah. And I don't know that we have to always come to a conclusion. Right. Like the beauty of faith is it's faith and doubt. And the key word there is and. Mm -hmm. And so we get to wrestle with our children as far as trying to understand who God is. Yeah. Led by the Holy Spirit and prompted by God's word, mm-hmm. um, and the beauty of that too is not we're not all alone on this thing too. Yeah. Um, even you know your influence, Todd, in people's lives, people can ask you questions. Like we don't have to decide that this is all on us. Mm-hmm. Um, you can come and talk to Scott and Todd and and Chess, and you can discover yep. new things that and new perspectives that you may not had before. That's what community is for, right? And it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, just reemphasizing the fact that. Through the Holy Spirit, we we actually don't parent alone. Uh, good reminder. God is with us. Yeah. Right. And I often forget sight of that just because of the intensity of the moment uh, that right. may be. And the other thing is, I love that you brought up the the point and the permission of faith and doubt. Mm. Right. It's okay to doubt, mm-hmm. right? Because that can draw us deeper into faith. Mm-hmm. But when you leave a conversation with, I don't really know what to do, or I'm unsure. What I try to encourage my kids is at the end of the day, we do know that we can love one another. Yeah, so well if you said. don't know the answer or you're not quite sure what to do, love. Mm-hmm. That's it. And that might be showing kindness to somebody, might treat someone like you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. It may be forgiving somebody when the answers are not clear right there. So yeah. moving on to the specific. <laughs> and here's one of the things that I'm learning over time through some of my readings. I think this came out in a book. I read about anxiety in teenage girls. And the author, this is not necessarily a Christian author from my standpoint, but the thing that was so poignant and just stuck out to me, you know, kind of slapped me in the face was our adolescents, our children, they need elders in their lives. So that's how I'm going to set this up. <laughs> okay. Is our listeners, mm-hmm. myself included, and you would say this too about yourself, but we need elders to provide guidance. So when it comes to engaging current issues, can we sit with you as an elder and can you just uh, round out some cultural issues for us and just help us see some of these things from a Christian viewpoint? Right. I I think absolutely. I think it's a conversation that we will have today and and Mm -hmm. hopefully many more to come. I, I think the beauty of what we're talking through as you kind of step through these topics, mm-hmm. um, I kind of lump them together in how we approach them. Yep. And so there's this dynamic of, am I truly listening to what's been asked mm-hmm. of me when it comes to these certain topics? Yep. Is it a topic that's okay in my house? Mm-hmm. In other words, are there th- things that I value that I leave at the door, that there's a boundary line, if you will? Mm. Um, my great-grandfather used to say, you could talk about anything but religion and politics. Hmm. And and in doing so, we never talked about religion and politics. Yeah, yeah. And so we missed out on the opportunity to really hear how my great-grandfather felt about those things. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I don't know that our, our kids have the opportunity to hear about how we feel about hot topics, mm-hmm. um, why we feel the way we do. And you alluded to this earlier. And it's okay to disagree. Mm-hmm. I think the beauty of a family is there are some absolute values, like, like who we know we are in Christ and what he does in our lives. But there's some nuances that we can allow our kids to wrestle with. Yeah. Um, you know, if we truly believe that at some point they're going to grow up and move out of our house, they have to be able to 
understand that they have choices Mm -hmm. and the choices are based on what they want to do with their lives. And I think, you know, part of this is like what that looks like for them personally. But if I shut down and I don't allow space to say, talk about politics, Mm -hmm. because that's too hot a topic right now in our culture, then they have learned that dad can talk about the Bible Dad can talk about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Dad can talk about church, but don't you dare ask a question about mm-hmm. politics. And so we have to be really careful as parents to, to to be aware of that. Number one, to be an invitational speaker in that we want to mm-hmm. have dialogue with I them. Like that, and we don't have to come to a conclusion right away. Yep. that there's a beauty of the conversation, um, and it feels like, especially with topics that you've. I've written down uh, politics being the one on mm-hmm. the top of the list. Yep. There is a such a diverse way of looking at life. Either are in or you're out, mm-hmm. uh, and we don't have any other options. Right. And so, also as a parent, realizing that there are a lot of different viewpoints and giving concert to that mm-hmm. and allowing them to discuss the the full array. Yep. Um, the other thing too that I want to add before we go into the, the yeah. details, every child is different. And by that, they have gifts, personality, and calling. And in their lives, how they view things is from that lens. Mm -hmm. So like you may have a child who their highest value is guardianship. So they they truly want to make sure that everyone is defended. Yeah. And they may have an absolute feeling about something in Scripture, but they will not let it interfere with the love Mm. of guardian people that are viewed as someone that right. might be hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to kind of wrestle with those different details. Yep. And here clearly, like, even though I'm doing this podcast, I come into this day not as an expert. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I've been married for 26 years, but I'm still learning what it means to be a husband. Mm-hmm. And and as a father of a 20-year-old, I'm still learning what it means to be a dad. Yeah. And and I'm kind of excited about that, mm. that I'm, that I'm always learning something. So just a little preface. Well, and I'll tag on to that. Yeah. It's about humility. Good. Right? You could say you're not an expert. Right. And elders aren't necessarily experts. Correct. They come with a posture of humility that this is the way that I've chosen, but there are other vantage points out there. Right. And so I'm still growing. I love that. Yeah. And that's what we're doing as parents. Yeah. We're still learning this as we yeah. go. Yeah. If there's anybody out there who's figured it out, come on into the podcast. Yeah. Actually give my personal sell. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's dive into to some of these and we'll okay. see where it goes with the conversation. Okay. Um, and then we'll start wrapping up. So the first one, as you mentioned, is how does a Christian point of view engage with, co- with the topic of politics? And I think of all the topics that you have listed today, the politics one is the one that's the most heated at my house right now. Mm. Um, I I think that when we talk about things that involve our society and our nation, that that topic seems to always be the one that shuts down Mm -hmm. the conversation the quickest Mm -hmm. um, because there are some very strong views. But for me, with a Christian perspective, 
even though Jesus was very blunt in how he addressed politics in his day, mm-hmm. um, there is an invitation to conversation about that. Yep. And so when it comes to politics, you, you need to go to the word and see what it says in regards to the politics. And mm-hmm. how I would look specifically how Jesus dealt with politics in his day. Um, very wise. You know, the, the thought comes to the, the question of taxes, paying taxes. Mm. And he asks, like, whose picture's on the coin, mm-hmm. right? So it, it's not a debate. It's just simply render to Caesar what is Caesar's. Yep. So there's like this dynamic of we live in a fallen culture. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, we have a fallen society. Yep. And politics are a part of that. And we have to decide how we do the best job possible to care for our community mm-hmm. in light of those things. Yep. Um, how many things have the politics done that the church should be doing? Hmm. Uh, talk about that. Be yep. candid about that. Um, what is something that we can practically do to influence politics in, in our community? What yep. does that look like? Um, and it's not so much like holding a, a picket uh, you know, at the line. It's like, how can I really, to allude to your earlier comment, love people? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the best way to change is to care. Mm. Um, yes. And so uh, have conversations, lean in, do things you're passionate about. If your kids value the homeless, then get involved. Mm-hmm. Have conversations. Well, how do we do this? Is it like we pack up some bags with blankets and water mm-hmm. and hand them out to people that we see? Yep. Is it that we get involved in ministry and we donate money that could go to X, Y, and Z yep. to those ministries? Um, allow politics not just to be a debating podium, but an active invitation to ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the next one is mental health. Okay. Well, I actually work in this practice, yep. so this one feels kind of close to home. Um, and I think as our culture continues to mature, we're seeing more and more mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, uh, one in four are currently dealing with some kind of mental health issue. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, there's not many people listening to this podcast today that hasn't been affected by someone who struggles with mental health. Mm-hmm. And so having candid conversations about how in Christ we deal with mental health, I think we have done a poor job. We have shunned the mental health community. Mm-hmm. And we we talk about lots of spiritual things. We even, may even talk about eating well, but we don't do a good job as a church addressing mental health in our church. What's exciting is uh, we have an upcoming event, uh, Silent Images at mm-hmm. our church, um, and we're going to invite people to have those hard conversations. Yeah. And by the way, if your kids are like 13 and older, that's a great event, January 29th, to be mm-hmm. able to talk through the mental health issues. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of a fun topic to discuss in light of the word. Um, do you think that in Jesus' time there were people that were uh, dealing with mental health issues? Yeah, absolutely. And if yes, how did he deal with it? Mm-hmm. What does that look like? Yep. Um, w- when we talk about healing, how does that apply? Mm. Um, what, what do you think as a culture we should be doing with mental health issues? And so there's this conversation. Um, the other thing that I have discovered in our own family is um, we have resorted to almost playing games with uh, labels for mental health. Like... Um, we may say, oh, I had to fix my room. I'm, o- I'm so OCD. Hmm. I had to put it in order because my brain is so OCD. Mm-hmm. And, and it's kind of poking fun at yeah. mental yeah. health. Mm-hmm. And so part of what value I emphasize in my home is respecting people. And so if that happens in your home, being able to be the parent yeah. and say, hey, when you said that, I know what you meant, but let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, 
also being open and honest about things that are going on with your children. Um, the fact that we put more and more pressure every year on our kids to succeed. Um, and we have things like we learn more in failure. Is that really true? Uh, are we letting our kids fail? Or are we rescuing and doing the work for them? Yeah. Uh, are we allowing them to do projects? Are we rescuing them from hard work? Mm. Um, and this is all connected with mental health. Yeah. And, be, and being a home that invites conversations that are hard. Um, and I, I think, you know, without a doubt, if you're going to be able to talk about uh, the power of the Holy Spirit, you have to also talk about the reality of who we are. Yeah. And those both relate to mental health issues. Yes. Thank you for destigmatizing. Yeah. Mental health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The next one is racism and inequality. Yeah. So w- without a doubt, we realize that our culture has a, a sin and mm-hmm. we continue to sin and we are trying to be better about how we view other people. And so in this context, one of the things that has happened is that we have been able to see that everybody's made in God's image. And how does that I- impact how we see our world? Um, if you've met my son, you know that he is uh, also a quarter Apache Indian, a quarter Hispanic. Mm. So even in that context of our world, being able to see what love truly feels like, mm-hmm. it it really has nothing to do with skin color. It has right. to do with your soul. Mm-hmm. And so as a parent, allowing them to broaden their worlds to see all peoples are made by God, yeah. that this is a beautiful design by the Lord. And we have to talk through the sins of our past, yep. what we have done. And, and it's it's absolutely deplorable. Right. This is a part of our history that is absolutely sin in its cruelest form. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we could probably spend a whole session talking right. about uh, slavery, what we read in the Bible versus what in our history and mm-hmm. what those differences are. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is so important that we talk about our history in the context of understanding sin and confession and growth. Yeah. And part of that is being able to be aware of others and love them as a love of the love of the Lord on us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. How about when it comes to the topic of the right to life? Yeah. So again, you know, when we go through these topics, these, these are very hard, challenging things. Totally. And, you know, in our culture, because we adopted, this is actually not a topic that came up a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of those things that because we chose to adopt, the, our children heard very clearly the gift of that. Yeah. And the gift of that conversation is we discussed it from very early that God provided an angel to bless us with these two children. Mm. And so when it comes to right to life and right to choice and some of those topics, I don't know that our circle of family had a lot of conversations around this one. Right. But we do talk about that we are made in God's image. We also know in the book of Psalms that God created us in our mother's wombs. Mm-hmm. He knew us. And so there's this dynamic that from our very beginnings that God cons- is a part of that design, uh, part of who we are, that we're created for a purpose that's beyond just ourselves. Yep. So if you understand God is creator and us as creation, and there's a dynamic of what he does in our lives, there's a purpose to our life. Mm-hmm. And so there's a gift in that. Um, and, you know, again, talking about how we can get involved to make sure that we um, hold the sacredness of life. Like, what does that look like? And that all life is worthy of living Mm -hmm. and being able to talk about that too. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. 
The next topic is power and authority. <laughs> yeah. Just, just keep, 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 keep coming. <laughs> <laughs> I need to take a nap. Where's my slushie? Um, power and authority, it, it's one of those things, too, that uh, we talked about because of just kind of a cultural awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, where our culture, I, I grew up in the world where uh, we talked a lot about Carol Gilligan and being more aware of, of of gender and what that means for our culture. And so even in my upbringing, there's a, a, there's a widening to being a respecter of, of who we are. And I think that's worthy of a conversation. Like just because you are say male or female, what does that mean in context of power and authority, which is a very, very interesting conversation Mm -hmm. with a son and daughter, Hmm. by the way, the other thing that we as a culture kind of struggle with is, is we, are we still in a culture that has authority? Um, there is this, I guess, learned entitlement where we no longer honor those who have power and authority over us. Uh, we no longer pray for them and for their safety and for their wisdom. Mm. We attack. Um, so it's like, you know, you're, you're asked to do something and, you, and you're disrespectful. Um, you know, I, I know you work with kids and you've probably heard kids, you know, when you tell them to do something, kind of jab back at you. No, uh, no. <laughs> what? And, it, and it's like, <laughs> what causes a first grader to respond that way? Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be that they just have a strong willed personality. Yep. But I think a lot of it is that maybe it's on us that we have um, we have taught our children that they are the priority. You know, that, you know, we used to be the parents were the big guys in the room and the kids were the small guys and we kind of flipped Hmm. it and it's all about the kids and making sure the kids are happy and you know make sure they got their ipad because they have to wait for 10 minutes and we've kind of lost this gift of understanding what proper order authority looks like yeah and i don't know that i'm going to definitively say like here's how we fix it Mm -hmm. but i do think as a family we have to have the value of respecting our elders. Yep. And not in, not in a biblical sense like you're referring as far as leadership and guidance, mm-hmm. but as far as like if someone is an adult, what does that mean for how you treat them? Yep. Um, you know, And it goes beyond opening the door. It's like seeing them in a place of authority. Mm-hmm. I think we've saturated ourselves with so much fear and, and mistrust that we've kind of dismissed even the idea of authority. Yep. And so being able to have really good, candid conversations about those in power. Yeah. Um, even if you don't like the president, are you praying for the president? Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you willing to ask God for wisdom and discernment? Yep. Are you praying for your pastors? Are you praying for the mayor and the chief of police? Are you praying for your dad? Yeah. Like this, just break it down. Like, you know, daddy has to make decisions. Are we praying for him? Yeah. Mommy has to make decisions. Are we praying for her? Mm-hmm. Um, a part of a, f- a family prayer is inviting that real reality that we can't do it on our own. Yeah. Um, but that's another hot topic that requires another whole yeah. session. Yeah. And what yeah. you're alluding to, we, mm-hmm. we could press in here just momentarily sure. is our kids will imitate and will reflect their mirror neurons are going to pick up mm-hmm. on our views and our right. attitudes towards power and authority. Right. So they're just going to mimic what we may say about a person in charge right. or our boss or right. the teacher of their classroom, mm-hmm. things like that. And that will come out right. in their behavior and attitude towards Agreed. it as well. Agreed. So yep. I'll back back out of that one. And then the last one is pop culture. Okay. And I do want to say, and maybe you'll get into this topic, but 
Sexuality is not on this list. It's but not. It, I appreciate that. It, <laughs> I saved that one for Rebecca. She and I <laughs> have started the conversation, but it, it's, it's so delicate and yeah. so sensitive that yeah. we're trying to be mindful right. of that episode. So I know pop culture gets into that a little bit. Sure. So if you want to just you know, kind of glaze over it or, you know, touch on it briefly, but take us into pop culture and we'll talk about sexuality more in depth with a full episode. So going back to your previous comment by Timothy Keller about this awareness of how Jesus operated in his culture. And if you've read any history books about how the world was when Jesus lived in it, Mm -hmm. there is a dynamic of a reflection of our world. Um, We are not in a Christian culture. And therefore, we should not expect our culture to reflect Christian values. And so there's a dynamic, well, how do we then live in the dynamic of a secular culture? What Mm -hmm. does this look like to be in it but not of it? What does it mean Mm -hmm. to have this core that allows us to trust and and be in the presence of God despite what goes on around us. And we've alluded to some of the things that we can do in our culture to deal with some of that. One is to have family time. Mm -hmm. One is to talk candidly and openly about what we see before us. But one is what you alluded to is that we love other people. And the, the gift of that is we can actually influence our world in a powerful way by just being in it. Right. Is there any difference from the Christian family that lives on the street and the secular family that lives on the street? Yeah. What's the what's the phrasing that just popped in my head that I think I learned in seminary, but that's predated that time of Christ against culture, Christ with culture, Christ over culture, in culture, in culture. Yeah. Yeah. Among people. That's right. Right. Yeah. Aware of what's going on. And, and I think we, we read the scriptures and it feels very clinically clean, you know, and we just like, oh, isn't that wonderful? <laughs> Jesus walked down the street. But there was like there was reality on that street. Yeah. There yep. was people crying out on the street. There was, you know, dirty roads. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they rode, wore sandals and, you know, they didn't drive cars. They rode, you know, donkeys and it yep. was nasty. Yeah. So it's like we we sometimes forget that Jesus dealt with very similar things in a very similar world that we now live in, mm-hmm. and he did it beautifully. And yeah. I think if you know the word and you know how he dealt with it, it influences, impacts how we truly love other people. Yeah. And I think you're alluding to something else, too. Like, I can disagree with you, but I can still love you. Yeah. And, and, and the beauty of that is that that invites more conversation. I don't shut down just simply because we have different points of view. Mm-hmm. I actually invite that, and yeah. I listen, and I learn, and I grow, but I do not pass on the emphasis of God's Word mm-hmm. and the community and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Well, I know there's an, a range of other topics that we could have covered, and mm-hmm. I think you did a wonderful job giving us a good overview of not avoiding the topics, uh, not of just brushing them off as inconsequential, Mm -hmm. they matter. And I love what you said that almost every, well, yes, not just almost, but every topic is invited to the table. Yeah. Let's talk about it. That's right. And yeah, we're parents. We don't have it all figured out and we can be honest about that, Mm -hmm. but our kids are looking to us. If they don't find it from us, they're going to go somewhere else to find it. Well, wrap us up with just what's your hope for parents? I think, you know, if, if, the parent listening to this podcast, I think the thing that I want them to have as they wind down 
our time today is to keep God in focus. Mm-hmm. That there is this reality that you need God in your life because he's present with us. And I think if, if my number one hope is that the listener to this podcast today goes, that's right, I can find peace in God as I parent well. Yep. And there, I'm not alone. There is the Holy Spirit who guides me to love our kids well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Awesome. Scott, thanks for being on the podcast. It's always great to have you here. Do you have a final encouragement to yeah. send us off and finish up? Yeah, just kind of processing our time together. I think um, we travel life together as a family. I think it's important to put the marriage in the front seat. Okay. And the kids are in the back. Mm-hmm. And, and I think sometimes we let the kids ride in the front. Mm-hmm. And, and some of that feels like an ouch mm-hmm. because uh, kids have more needs. And so we have to, you know, take them to certain events and we kind of do the shuttle. Yeah. But I think it's important just as a counselor to remember that it's so critical that we love our spouse as well. Yeah. That we have date nights, that our kids see us slow dancing in the kitchen mm. and learn what love feels like just in a practical way. Yeah. I think that's important. I think also um, I would invite parents to watch the movie War Room. Mm. I think it's so important that we set aside space in our home to get down our knees like we read from Ephesians 3 today yep. and really talk to God about our kids, to pray over them. Hey, let your kids pray over them by name. Mm. Uh, and I think that's critical for us as we parent well in this year of 2020. Yep. Whatever it may be, at the end of the day, parents depend on God. Mm-hmm. So Scott, thanks for sharing it and encouraging our parents to put their faith, hope, and trust in God who is with us. So let me say a prayer and we'll finish our time together. Heavenly Father, as we discussed, please help us see as you see. Give us wisdom, help us to trust you. And at the end of the day, I pray that we would choose to love one another, to love God, to put him first, and then to love those around us the way Jesus showed us how to love one another. Thank you for this time with Scott. Always grateful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Parent on parents, you got this. Thanks for joining us for the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast, where we want to inspire parents to make faith in Jesus the priority in their families. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you showed your support by sharing, subscribing, and rating this podcast on iTunes. To watch our services live or find the campus nearest to you, visit foresthill.org.